Hello, and welcome to the ADHD 365 podcast. I'm your host, Susan Booning. Today's guest is Dr. Mark Burton, a board-certified developmental behavioral pediatrician and an assistant professor of pediatrics at New York Medical College. Mark will give us insight about the role of executive functioning in a child's and teen's development, the importance of self-care for parents, and pediatricians who care for children with ADHD. This episode is brought to you by ImpactADHD.com, creators of the Sanity School Behavior Therapy Training Program for parents of complex kids. To learn more about the coach approach, download a free parent's guide at ImpactADHD.com slash tipsheet. Hi, Mark, and thank you so much for talking with us today. Oh, thanks. It's great to be here. So your recent book, How Children Thrive, you talk about the importance of child development, of understand mm-hmm. for parents for understanding um, their child's developmental stage. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that with us for a bit? Sure. I mean, I think there's a really um, new body of research that's very practical for parents to understand around executive function, which is a brain managerial skill set that has to do kind of with anything in life that requires coordination, planning, monitoring, long-term thinking. Um, And one very new aspect of understanding child development is that it follows a typical developmental path. So most people are pretty familiar with language development, for example. Mm And you don't expect a one-year-old to be speaking in sentences and on the one hand. And then the flip side is, is as you're watching those markers, you begin to get concerned and intervene if they fall behind. So when it comes to executive function, we now are starting to understand how it develops over childhood. And there's many different ways to understand that. Um, and and I'm, you know, the most important thing about it is seeing it in a way that's practical and useful and understanding, for example, that in early childhood, children are just beginning to develop managerial skills. Mm -hmm. You know, so preschoolers learn primarily, for example, from immediate feedback in large part because their executive function isn't that mature. You know, if you try to talk a preschooler into changing their behavior, you know, they're going to get frustrated and you're going to get frustrated because discussion has a role in early childhood in terms of providing a lot of background knowledge and forming relationships and all these things. But when you understand that point in development, you know, you start to see what sort of behavioral interventions are going to be more effective. Mm-hmm. And then the really fascinating other tail end of understanding executive function is that it's a skill set that matures into your mid to late 20s. Mm-hmm. So one of the most profound and, you know, really vital ways to understand teen development is to recognize that the average teenager wants to be more independent and may think they're a young adult and deserves more independence as much as they show themselves capable, but they're 10 years away from having a mature brain manager. Mm-hmm. So that you know you can begin to see, for example, why so many teens have difficulty with technology and social media. Mm-hmm. You know, It's a very challenging thing to manage for all of us. And if you have an immature brain manager, you know, the expectation that you're gonna do it maturely becomes more challenging. And that shift in expectations has a lot of implications. So some of them have to do with practical parenting, like how to make homework go smoothly at different ages or discipline at different ages. And some of them have to do with just letting go of expectations that are you know, making life challenging. So I think really, I would say 
my intention of even discussing it is, is to simplify life for parents. I mean, so much parenting advice can feel like just one more thing to do. Mm-hmm. And the, maybe the most fundamental message when it comes to understanding the importance of executive function and self-management skills is understanding them often lets you let go of a lot of the extra. It just simplifies things. You know, it makes the routines work easier and maybe you let go of stuff that, you know, the expectation itself is what's causing stress in life. And you made a very important point in your book about self-care for parents and the importance right. of parents taking care of themselves and, and paying attention to how they're thinking and feeling and, and being around their children and, and voicing expectations and so on. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think... It's an unusual part of child development sometimes that when we talk about working with kids, we don't just look at it as we have to be working with families. You can't just work with kids without looking at the entire the entire household, you know, the mm-hmm. entire experience of everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think for all caretakers, it's easy to get um, – it's understandable. You want to put your kids first, and you should in many ways. But if you totally lose touch with your own resilience and your own self-care, you're not going to be at your best for your kids. So – you know, when looking at the entire family environment, doing at least enough, even if it isn't what you were able to do before you had kids, but at least enough to feel like you're on as solid ground as possible changes your kids' experience. And I think it takes effort sometimes and, you know, periodically kind of checking in to see what that's going to look like. And then with I, our kids with ADHD, with the developmental lags and, you know, the, the uh, you know, we hear a 30% developmental right. lag for many of them um, and, you know, delaying the development right. of executive functions. It's important for parents to understand that. Right. Well, right. So that and on, on two levels. I mean, one is, is that when we talk about these self-management skills, they are the skills that lead to independence over time. So part of understanding that as a family is realizing that it really does mean you are putting in more effort as a parent maybe mm-hmm. than some of your peers are moment to moment to get the logistics done every day. And that's you know that's reality. And then both in terms of general parenting and in terms of ADHD, meeting a child where they are developmentally uh, often has to do with understanding where they are in terms of self-management skills. Mm-hmm. So that uh, when you look at general parenting and executive function or parents who's you know, of kids who don't have delays, even then you can look at research that says stuff like uh, over the academic kindergarten programs lead to misdiagnosis of ADHD mm-hmm. because if our developmental expectations are too high, like mm-hmm. the average kindergartner is still in a play-based stage of development. So if our expectations are too high, then that leads to concerns. And then it really can be very practical and useful for families to understand where ADHD fits into this picture. So self-management skills have been, these executive function-based self-management skills specifically, have been shown to correlate with academic success and social success and behavioral success in really profound and long-lasting ways. So they're quite fundamental in early childhood. The reason, by the way, that hopefully becomes, as you understand it, something that decreases your stress instead of increases it, is that the sorts of things that promote executive function in in childhood are things like free play and, you know, routines and structure at home and traditional games and reading. So it's really a way of letting go of a lot of the pressures we have in modern society to be doing more and more and more. And then when it comes to ADHD specifically, 
it is the filter we need to see ADHD through in order to come up with the answers for how to help someone thrive and how to help catch them up. And so that, that phrase, meeting a child where, where they are developmentally, yeah. tell us a bit more about that. Well, what that means to me uh, when I think about ADHD often is that we, I sometimes describe it as a short-term safety net and a long-term plan. So this week, you know, right now, somebody's skills just are what they are in life. And that doesn't mean it's easy and that doesn't mean you're happy about it. But it does mean that if you have an eight-year-old who has in many areas of life the skills of a 10 or 12-year-old, but in terms of executive function, the skills of a four or five-year-old, then that's what their ability to manage their morning routine is going to be right now. And the most effective way for you to feel less stressed and for them to feel more successful, as effortful as it is, may be seeing it that way. You know, they might require that level of attention for a little while because that's where their skills are. And that's what it means to meet them where they are developmentally, but also realistically, because then you want to say, okay, well, what can I do next that's going to help catch them up in those skills over a stretch of time? But as long as we keep fighting with the fact that their skills are behind, you know, everybody's going to end up frustrated. Mm-hmm. I'd like to shift a little bit to talk about pediatricians mm-hmm. and you know, the, the typical family doctor, family right. pediatrician who maybe is not so trained in developmental. Um, sure. Yes. And what, what should they be looking for? Or what, what do right. they need to know? Well, you know, I would like to start, you know, I can start that discussion from the point that, you know, I did five years of general pediatrics where I thought I was going to mm-hmm. be more of a general pediatrician with an interest mm-hmm. in ADHD and, you know, uh, education. And and it really is a pressured situation where mm-hmm. you're just being asked to see many patients quickly, I mean, whether you want to or not. So I think, you know, it's, it's, it is important to acknowledge that. Uh, that being said, I think, first of all, for a pediatrician, Understanding executive function itself isn't really part of tra- training most of the time. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. recognizing that if you understand anything that requires management, in theory, can involve executive function. So you have to manage attention and behavior, which is kind of the traditional ADHD view. But over time, you have to manage your health, and you have to manage projects, and you have to manage your emotions, and you have to manage you know, all sorts of different things. So one thing that will help pediatricians begin to understand ADHD in the office is when they have anybody who's struggling chronically with any of those aspects of life, even weight is a common one being discussed nowadays. Yes. It's important to pause and check in and say, you know, what well, could this be, you know, more than the stereotype of ADHD? Because ADHD isn't a school disorder, really. You know, school may be where executive function is most of demand. So it's often where kids are struggling the most, but it isn't necessarily where they're going to be struggling the most. So one piece of it is educating yourself about, you know, even in a student can have ADHD. And then the second piece, which is e- equally vital, is helping parents understand it that way. There's so much stigma and judgment around ADHD and often a fear that a diagnosis means you're going to start medication when the first stage, which is equally important, is just trying to understand what's going on. And for a parent, it may just be that very brief explanation that just like we can look at language development and motor development and other aspects of development, we can look at executive function and self-management skills. And before we even talk about anything else, try to understand it from the child's perspective, a child's perspective around executive function. You know, is, is it you know, just like somebody can fall behind in other areas of life? 
do we, you know, is the problem here, is the challenge here that they're behind in executive function skills? And I think it's very practical. It changes a lot when parents can see it that way. So the educational piece matters that way. And that would be the second thing to think about is before jumping to ADHD, maybe helping someone understand ADHD from the point of view of child development. And then the third piece, which is the hardest, I think, in a clinical office, but is something to consider and maybe break up your evaluation over a few visits or just look at resources, is that there is no single test for ADHD. Even the rating scales are they're very accurate in their own way in their screening scales, but they still miss a lot of stuff. True. You know, they're not mm-hmm. perfect. Mm-hmm. So that you know, th- the diagnosis of ADHD is a developmental one. It's something pediatricians are often in a unique position to do because it's clinical medicine. And what you're really looking for are patterns of development and trying to say, can we prove over a stretch of time that a child has executive function skills that are typical for their age or far enough behind that they're causing them self-impairment? And that could be stress, that can be anxiety, that could be grades, that can be there are many different things that can be. But that I think people are often um, put off by even the perception that everything comes down to a rating scale, for example, or the mm-hmm, perception mm-hmm. that their kids are being put in some kind of behavioral box and really framing it as this is child development. You know, and what we're trying to say here is overall, is this child you know, in need of some support around this skill set or are they within the range of their peers um, is, changes a lot. And when you can do that in some way in your clinical practice, um, I think it helps both your understanding of what's going on, but also helps parents you know, engage. And that can be through looking at report cards. That can be through doing it over several visits if you need to, where you know you talk a little bit about stuff at home or a little bit about stuff in school. Um, but the overall goal is making sure you have a broad enough sense of someone's overall development. And general pediatricians may be, you, know, you may have that information in hand when you frame it that way, because you do often know children that way. You know, but it needs to be put in that broader context. Mm-hmm. Can you give us some specific tips for for general pediatricians, uh, what to look for, what to, um, you know, ha- help parents get started in terms well, of the journey that they may have with a child that seems to have ADHD or sure. developmental lag? I think the single most concrete tip may be looking at child development through that lens of executive function, just like mm-hmm. you do language and motor skills. Mm-hmm. And, rec- and and it's not as esoteric as it sounds. It's very practical. Mm-hmm. So if you look at preschoolers, for example, executive function is just starting. So largely what you're talking about is a lot of behavioral growth. And it's almost like a transition stage from toddlerhood to kindergarten. So you go in as a toddler, and by the time you leave, you need to be able to focus and attend in a classroom. Right, so, you, so in that age group, that's very broadly what you're looking at, and even there, that's what you you know that's the sort of developmental marker you're looking for when you're meeting with parents. You know, are they able to do that as well as peers? And then through school age, the transition is a lot about the managerial level skills you need to really thrive in a classroom. Because that starts with focus, but then becomes time management and studying and project management, and your social world becomes more complicated as well. So in that age range, again, you just want to be thinking from a managerial point of view, mm-hmm. you know, are we in the range of where other children are or are there some red flags here having to do with their social world or life mm-hmm. at home? Or, or So it always comes down to you know, seeing that path overall. And then in teenage years, you know, it's again that maturation is going from 
someone coming in, a middle schooler in essence, in terms of uh, being able to manage stuff in life, you know, through becoming a young adult. So again, that same pattern, if there's a chronic pattern of being overwhelmed by school, homework taking way too many hours, health issues that are coming up around, you know, weight and eating and exercise, you know, it's looking for always that sort of top down, you know, is the manager in the room doing what they, you know, need to be doing? Um, you know, I guess broadly speaking, if you want to sum it up in terms of milestones, one of the, I, I, I often talk about when you talk about like getting a meal on the table, you know, like the average preschooler, you know, probably could describe some of what goes into it, but clearly you wouldn't put any trust in them to coordinate, mm-hmm. you know, and that's when you start thinking of the brain manager, like, yeah, they have some of the facts, but they certainly couldn't coordinate going to the store and, you know, buying all the stuff and doing it in time to get it on the table. And all of that is managerial level stuff, but they might be able to tell you that a meal involves, you know, a food and ingredients and a lot of concrete stuff. And then if you expand that type of thinking out 10 years, you know, some teenagers can get a simple meal on the table, but when it comes to managing stuff, they couldn't manage a restaurant, Mm -hmm. you know, most of them. I mean, again, it's a bell curve, I suppose. They're kids who are ahead of that. And then when you reach your mid-20s, there are people clearly who have taken that same content information. The average teenager probably could tell you what goes into running a restaurant, and now they can coordinate and manage all that. And I think it's a useful framework to have, but what you're trying to do as a general pediatrician or as a parent is just get a sense of, you know, is my child in the range of typical here? Because it isn't an area of development where the markers are so concrete as one word by one and two words by two. Mm -hmm. It's more that overall sense of, you know, is there a level of independence, you know, roughly, or is there a level of managing their emotion or whatever else you want to look at, you know, in the range of everybody else? Because really the initial, uh, you know, the initial reason to do that is a lot just about awareness and getting a sense of where someone can use some help. And a lot of the interventions are non-medical, mm-hmm. you know, it's educational. It's just trying mm-hmm. to support kids. And that's really what it all comes down to. Do you think it's important that pediatri- general pediatricians get more uh, more training, more more input on child development? Well, now you're stepping into you know, bigger <laughs> advocacy level issues. I mean, there, there's an ongoing discussion. I mean, I mean, all pediatricians, general pediatricians are immersed in child development all day long. Um, so um, I'm sure, you know, it's not so much that they don't have that familiarity as much as there isn't a lot of specific Mm-hmm. education around ADHD necessarily and executive function and exa- well, executive, executive function, function specific yeah. oh that I mean and then yeah executive function in general parenting has barely begun to be discussed and yeah. it's such a vital topic I mean it really does change how you approach school and how you approach the homework routine and how you approach bedtime when you start to understand what children should be expected to do you know at a different age part there's a aspect of executive function for example that's sometimes called the time window which is connecting, you know, now to later and before, mm-hmm. which is really, really short, you know, all the way through high school almost. Mm-hmm. So why would someone with a really short time window even, you know, put themselves into a normal bedtime, for example? Mm-hmm. And you start mm-hmm. framing it as like, okay, you know, I don't need to fight about this so much. I'm the one with the brain manager who understands that there needs to be a bedtime, you know, and I'm going to work on it that way. You know, and, and I'm not sure if that's a perfect example, but that perspective of we have to let self-management skills unfold over time, and we need to be aware of how to, you know, promote them because they're quite important in early childhood. But just like language, we can't force them to develop quicker, you know, than they're meant to develop. Mm-hmm. You know, and all that's of that. a really important message that we can't force them to develop more quickly. That's a frustrating one sometimes, but it's an important <laughs> one, yes. Is there anything else you'd like to tell us about? The most important thing to end with, perhaps, is just that every time I talk about this topic, the word executive function itself sounds so 
wonky and scientific and really you just mm-hmm. want to make it real for yourself. Mm-hmm. It's very practical. It's really understanding how kids manage their own world. Um, and if you can begin to understand it, it'll probably make your life easier and their life easier too. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening to ADHD 365 podcast on a comprehensive look at ADHD in early childhood development. This episode is brought to you by ImpactADHD.com, creators of the Sanity School Behavior Therapy Training Program for parents of complex kids. To learn more about the coach approach, download a free parent's guide at ImpactADHD.com forward slash tip sheet. Stay up to date on the latest ADHD information by connecting to our social media page at chad.org social, where you can link to all our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.